Welcome to the Ben and Walker Movie Show. I'm your co-host, Ben Davis. And I'm Walker Holt. <laughs> we're excited to have this conversation with you on one of our favorite things in the world, movies. We're really new at this. Uh, this is our, our new weekly show where we break down movie news that interests us and talk about some things we're, we're watching and have some fun with some rankings and some games at the end. Uh, if this is your first time hearing about us, uh, welcome and be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a like, please. It helps out a lot. And since this is our first show, we really want to get word out. And if you want to show support to us, just leave a like, share us around. Um, we would really appreciate it. But Walker, how are you doing, man? It's football Sunday. It's back. Oh, I know. It's opening day while we're recording this. That's exciting. I'm watching myself lose in fantasy. Actually, I don't know if I'll lose. I... I... I'm winning by 10 point or no, nine point. It's 118.04 to 108.32. So like 9.7 I'm winning by. And they have Dalvin Cook left, who's projected to get 9.9. So I'm, uh, it's right down to the wire. I'm projected to lose by 0.24. We'll see tomorrow. So I'll pull up both my leagues. Right now I'm winning in both currently. So I'm up 107 to 60. However, uh, the guy I'm going against has James Cook, Stefan Diggs, and CD Lamb that he's currently playing with right now. So he very well could come back. And I have no one else playing. Justin Fields, I thought he was going to have a big day. He only had 13 points for me. And then in my other league, I am winning 106 to 97. And she has Buffalo Bills defense left to play. And I have Stefan Diggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm playing against them and I also have them. Yes, I saw the Panthers. Yes, I saw the Panthers. (laughs) Listen, I, Bryce up. That's all I got to say. I'm still a a huge fan of Bryce Young. To me, he was clearly the best quarterback in that draft class. I know his stats don't say that today, but. He looked really good, but he had some fumbles. He got picked off by uh, Jesse Bates twice, and there were two really good picks. Um, miscommunications with wide receivers. Um, we just need to get him some support at the wide receiver position, and if we do that, um, I think we'll be fine. Our defense is really, really good. We need to pay Brian Burns, uh, but I, I have no doubt that Bri- uh, Bryce Young's going to bounce back and – we're going to have a, a good season, at least a fun season. At least we have some hope because we, we have it in, in Bryce Young, who I'm, like I said, a, a big fan in. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we watched we watched it. We watched uh, the Patriots <clears throat> lose to Tom Brady got his number retired. My, my wife's a big uh, New England girl and a big Tom Brady girl. So we um, it's been an emotional afternoon in our house. <laughs> I hope Jess doesn't think less of me knowing that I, I hate Tom Brady. I still refuse to call him the goat. It's Peyton. Yeah, she wants you dead. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I take back what I said. Peyton Manning's <laughs> the goat. Don't kill me, Jess. Um, but yeah, um, let's go ahead and just roll into some news here, man. So cool. there was an, an article 
that dropped this week from Vulture titled Mm -hmm. The Decomposition of Rotten Tomatoes. And due to the sensationalized title, it it drew some controversy on the internet. But I can tell you right now, uh, that title is more interesting uh, than the content of the article itself. It's it's one third of an interesting article uh, with... You know, the rest being kind of a retread of things that have been said about, you know, things like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic before. Yeah. And the last half is really a way to undermine. It felt like um, online critics from uh, smaller publications and stuff like that. Uh, Did you get a chance to read the article? Uh, Yeah, I did read the article. And, 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 you know, it, it felt... It's really interesting. I mean, the, the, just the topic is interesting, but again, they're they're using the nature of the conversation for clicks. You know, like it, 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 the nature of the how interesting the conversation could be, or or whatever. Or and they're using that title as clickbait. It didn't feel to me like Rotten Tomatoes is just the biggest name involved. Yeah, you know, like the most recognizable brand involved, and it feels like a like a hit piece or like this teardown. When, when really, I mean, whether you agree with the Rotten Tomatoes format or whether you have a gripe with movie critics in general, I mean, that's your opinion. I mean, that's your opinion, and and and, and it's and neither right movie or critics wrong. Critics aren't but... even a monolith either. They're not. You know, they they all they they come they come from different diverse backgrounds. And Rotten Tomatoes, and, and I'll, I'll you know I, let me let me break this down. I have so many thoughts about this. Sorry, I didn't. I don't mean to cut no, you off. Go for it. Um, I want to break this down into three parts. You know, for the most interesting thing about this article is that it points out that a a marketing firm called Bunker 15 was allegedly paying critics um, and Bunker 15 um, reaches out to smaller um, uh, critics and, and publications so that they can get smaller films recognition that are like straight to VOD independent cinema and stuff like that. Um, but they had been, so is that, sorry, is that what bunker 15 does? They're, they're like a PR firm for, for movie. Yeah. 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 They're a PR firm for, for them. But, uh, um, for the past five years, uh, they got, you know, accused of, of giving critics $50 a pop to review films. And in this case, they use the one only example that they use is this movie, Ophelia, a movie that came out in 2018, uh, at Sundance Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is where movies get to or go to premiere to get picked up for distribution, um, but um, it didn't get distribution until like a, a year later. Um, it was sitting at forty six percent, if I remember correctly, uh, when it premiered, and it currently now has a sixty two percent. The problem comes in where Bunker Fifteen was emailing. Um, and they, in this article, you can read the article, they go in there and there's a couple of examples that they use. Um, some critics saying that they can publish their reviews, whether it's positive or negative, but if it's negative, just hide it away from the website that P, uh, Rotten Tomatoes would be publishing it from. Yeah. And that's course, yeah. And that's of course very shady and very, it's really awful. You know, as a critic, we only have our voices. That's all you have. And if you're willing to sell that, then you have nothing. Um, and then the second point that they they 
they they get into in 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 the article it points to the flaws as the uh, of the system of rotten tomatoes um and how studios can take advantage of the system you know such as inviting certain critics that they think will be more positive to the premiere of it so they can get their review out first and then it premieres with a super high rating and you'll see this with films recently like you know the flash where it had like a 76 percent or something like that now it's sitting at like a 62 which is still Mm -hmm. solid but it's not you know 76 percent and then um you'll see it with ant-man and the wasp quantumanium or the woman 1984 uh and then you'll see the inverse of that too with you know they premiered indiana jones at venice as as well as uh the the, uh, pixar animated movie that just came out that i still haven't seen yet um elemental yeah elemental those premiered with really low ratings and now their ratings are pretty respectable um so that's the way that they can do it there's also the fact that like if you click on the percentage let's say like a movie has like a 98 percent if you click on that maybe the average score is three out of five. So while it is, you know, most people do like it, it might not be super glowing, but then something that's like 82%, you click on it and it's like most average score is like four, 4.5 out of five or something like that. And it's like, okay, well the score is really high. Um, any system like this is, isn't perfect. You know, it's 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 a little flawed because all it is, is it's an aggregator Um, and it's a good tool to use. It's why we use it on our deep dive show, um, because it allows you to scroll through so many critics opinions and gather them in a place where you can kind of gauge where people are with this movie. And it's a good way to find critics that you like, too. Not ones that you always agree with, but critics that um, you might, you know, like to listen to because of the way that they articulate themselves and all that. So while it is a flawed system and it's certainly not perfect and critics aren't perfect, it's the best you can kind of got outside of, you know, cinema score, which takes, you know, people's reactions out of the theater. Um, And that's tough, too. That's tough. I mean, that's Medicare. tough too. I mean, I mean, how many times have you walked out of a movie feeling one way and it's soured on it a month later because you're like, I was just hype, you know, Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I love um, that movie more now. Dang it. <laughs> the uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, the system's interesting. It tells a specific story, like it, it and it, it kind of breaks it down for like what you want to know, like is the movie, do people like the movie or not like the movie more so than getting down to the nitty gritty and the average movie goer doesn't necessarily want to get into the nitty gritty to know whether or not this movie's an 84 or a 93. They just want to know, do, do most people like it or not like it? You know, yeah. so I, I think it's great. And, I, and, and what, what, what really sucks is, is maybe you don't agree with the system. Maybe you think it's flawed and sure it's flawed, but maybe you, I don't know if you have a better solution or not, but they're using Rotten Tomatoes brand name on this thing too to create like a bigger thing than, you know what I mean? Like now, I mean, people are going to see it and think Rotten Tomatoes, oh, Rotten Tomatoes is crooked well, and then they're going to go into it. People already think that. They think that, oh, critics are paid off yeah. and this doesn't, it doesn't help 
our cause. It certainly helps, you know, the people that think critics are paid off and all that stuff. It helps their cause. And there was a small percentage of people that were paid for this. But those people who are paid to post a positive, positive review when they feel negatively, they're not real critics. I'm sorry. Again, the only thing you have as a critic is your word. And if you are willing to take money um, to change your viewpoint. Yeah, you're an advertiser. You're, you're, yeah, you're an advertiser for the movie. That's all you are. They're paying you to promote the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a, it, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think um, the, th- the thing that hurts me the most in this about this article, and this is where the article completely loses me, is when it, it tries to paint this picture of Rotten Tomatoes as being so bad now. It's because, you know, about five or six years ago, Rotten Tomatoes expanded its portfolio of critics by almost a thousand people. Uh, a lot of these uh, write for smaller sites, their own blogs, and also are on their own online outlets. This was, you know, done in an attempt to diversify its pool of critics by growing it fifty percent in women, twenty five percent people of color, and sixty cent or sixty six percent from underrepresented groups. And now, to me, this is to me this is a great thing because. When you get a more diverse pool of critics, you know, not only are you opening the door for these people who maybe wouldn't have that opportunity, but it also gives you a more diverse, you know, train of of thought, which expands the conversation so that it doesn't sound so like samey. It doesn't sound like you're in an echo chamber. Um, Yeah. and, And Vulture, with little to no evidence, um, that can be picked apart because they pointed at to some statistics that but th- those can be picked apart tries to make an argument that it wasn't done for diversity's sake but rather done to help you know studios with bl- bigger blockbuster films and to me this is nothing more than a big publisher punching down at smaller critics who quote don't get it you know and man it's the unfortunate reality is that you know this space is is that it can sometimes it could be a little gatekeepy mm-hmm. and history has shown that even with you know my favorite critic of all time roger ebert um for his show you know uh welcome to the movies or at the movies um i used to watch it every sunday um mm-hmm. was called death of film criticism because of him and siskel's you know thumbs up thumbs down you know Oh, you're yeah. you're taking our whole movie and you're just putting it down to like a thumbs up, thumbs down, which is similar to oh, you're taking my movie and just slapping a score up on it. It's a very similar thing, you know. I could I could go on about this all day, but I'll, I'll end by saying this: I, I think anyone can be a film critic. You know, you just have to do three things: that is, state an opinion in a thoughtful and insightful manner, be able to do uh, do so by properly articulating that opinion and be honest, even when it's not popular. I love the rise of Skywalker. Most people hate it, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I will, I will die on that Hill. It's not popular, but Hey, it's just my opinion. And I, I get why most people don't like it, but I love it. Um, yeah. We came on here a couple weeks ago to talk about justice league with two people who love the movie and I am not into it. And it was an uncomfortable hour to talk. I mean, not really. I'm joking, but (laughs) it's not easy to come forward with an unpopular opinion. Well, it's okay to be wrong too, Walker. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, just messing. But like, you know, some of our favorite critics are some from smaller outlets and, and stuff like YouTube. So like mm. I used to watch, uh, I was a little too young for Siskel and, and, and Ebert. Uh, Siskel passed away before mm. I could actually start watching the show. And when I grew up, it was uh, Ebert and Roper. And I used to watch from, I think, the summer of 2001 up until uh, Roger Ebert left the show. I watched that every Sunday morning. I was It was what I did every day. And after that show went away, of course, I, I got to read Roger Ebert's reviews online, but I missed that video format, too. And that's when I found people like Chris Stuckman, people like the the schmozno which is mark ellis and and uh christian harloff and then jeremy johns and uh uh, dan merle perry nimeroff those kind of people like those are some of my favorite critics and i don't always agree with those critics but i love the way that they articulate their thoughts and their opinions um and i just i hate the punching down mentality that this article kind of had at the back half when at the beginning of it, it it's a really good article and then, it, but it, it, it delves into something that I think is a little messy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it implicates, you know, the, or it implies this is Ophelia is the example we're talking about, but who knows what else is happening on an already like questionable industry where, where people have opinions about the Rotten Tomatoes system, or they have t- opinions on movie critics and their authenticity in general. And, and it just kind of leaves it up to the imagination. I think yeah. of the readers, which isn't very fair. And, um, and really implicates Rotten Tomatoes just due to being the biggest brand mentioned. You know, like as far as I mean, not that they need any help being implicated. I mean, I know people have opinions already, but but it just doesn't doesn't do anybody any favors. And and it heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, we're we're this giant company that has changed the industry is obviously even though they're the least involved from this article of the all the people at fault in this in this implication or this accusation is uh. Rotten Tomatoes is the least guilty out of all of them, but they're the most recognizable brand. So everyone's, we have it written down in our notes as the Rotten Tomatoes article. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, that, that sucks. You know, it's not the bunker 15 or the, you know, whatever. It's not the Ophelia scan. And they don't, they don't use any other real movies outside of Ophelia. Also never heard of this movie. Have you heard of this movie? Yes. I know. I saw Daisy Ridley. I've never heard. Have you seen it? Uh, Yeah. It was not a fan. Okay. Um, I, was, I was not a fan. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I just, I, I didn't really care for it. Got it. She was great, which I think she's great in everything I've seen her in, but it's, you know, gotcha. unfortunate. I just didn't really, really care for the movie. But, oh, well. Uh, have you heard about this new The Crow movie, Walker? The, are you familiar the, with the crow first off the crow reboot or the, the original crow the, the original dude i haven't seen it i haven't seen it i feel like people are gonna hate that i i here, here i haven't seen it i do i am here's what i know about it it was filmed in the great wilmington north carolina yes it was mm-hmm. um we still bring it up was it 30 years old now um 
almost almost because it came out in i think may of 94 and i'm almost 30 so yeah um i do know someone was tragically accidentally killed on set very similar to like the it's, rust situation it, with Alec uh, Baldwin. yeah brennan lee yeah brennan, um, brennan lee screen gems right down the road from my house um uh, but that's about it I did uh, look up the movie today to see that it's getting a 2024 release. I see Bill Skarsgård is in it. I love that family. That family's so good. I mean, Bill Skarsgård's great. I mean, he what, what's he been in? He's been in John Wick. Bill Skar- Yeah, he's he been in John Wick. He was in um, Barbarian. He was obviously in It. It's Pennywise. Right. Um, I saw his he, audition earlier on Instagram for some reason. I think the Oscar Instagram feed posted it. Um, his his audition for Pennywise. I saw Alex Skarsgård just crushed it in uh, Succession. I don't know if you watched Succession, but the 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 no, last season he was I, kind I of the antagonist really in it, and he, yeah, Alex Skarsgård really blew me away. And then Stellan the dad, he's been. I mean, he's awesome in Andor. Um, he's all Dune. I mean, he he that family is just oozing with talent. Yeah, but that, no, that I, I don't. Was... I'm not very familiar with the franchise, um, but I should. So, watch it. so here's the thing: you need to watch The Crow. Don't worry about the sequels; just watch the first one. Um, it is incredible. It is uh, a a movie that I watch yearly on Halloween. Um, I usually do a double feature with, or sometimes a triple feature with Scream. Um, grindhouse like the two-part movie death proof planet terror and then the crow um the crow is it was one of those movies that used to come on hbo all the time back in the day and i would record it and watch it over and over and over and over and over again um i absolutely love that movie and they are doing a remake and they have tried to do a a, a remake several times over at one point jason momoa was going to play eric draven tom hiddleston was going to do it bradley cooper was going to do it um <laughs> uh, i think that's there's a bunch more that i'm i'm forgetting i think luke evans at one point was going to do it as well um but deadline this is coming from deadline um Lionsgate just tied up the eight-figure deal for domestic rights to the Crow reboot we can't reveal. Bill Skarsgård, singer-songwriter FK Twigs, Danny Houston, and lead Rupert Sanders, reimagining uh, of the 1994 cult classic the memorably that memorably starred Brandon Lee in his last role. So Rupert Sanders, the guy who directed Snow White and the Huntsman, is directing this. Mm. Oof, it could be good. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that either. Okay, so in the original thriller, a man who is brutally murdered comes back to life as an undead avenger of his and his fiance's death. Both movies are based on the graphic novel of the gothic character created and written and illustrated by James O'Barr. Um, it doesn't look like there is uh, a release date, but it says supposed to be released next year the script for the reboot comes from oscar nominee zach uh, balen who wrote king richard and will uh schneider okay 
Okay. Good. That has me excited. <laughs> All right. The movie is budgeted at fifty million. Or shot in uh, Prague and Munich. All right, so it's definitely going to have the gothic aesthetic. Um, <laughs> we appreciate Prague, like Prague's coming up. I already watched all the Mission Impossible's, you know, like before Dead Reckoning recently, and I, the first one, you know, is filmed in Prague. And I feel like I, I noticed it, and I did like a little research on them filming in Prague, and now it feels like a couple movies have been filmed in Prague. I can't remember what they are. Was it the just, Batman just like shot in Prague? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'll I'll have to look into that. But the quote is saying, um, we appreciate what the Crow character in the original movie mean to legions of fans and believe this new film will offer audiences an authentic and visceral representation of its emotional power and mythology, said Lionsgate's EVP uh, acquisitions and co-productions, Charlotte Coe, who will oversee the... uh, for the indie ma- uh, major to work with a creative team led by Rupert's unparalleled visual style and storytelling with a producing team who have made some of the most popular and impactful films of the last several decades is a true privilege. Um, the original left an, an, an indelible mark on our culture that lives on. We are thrilled to bring this new adaptation for today's audiences that represents his legacy. Rupert has masterfully brought new dimensions to create a uh, contemporary universe for his timeless saga of undying love, and we can't wait to share this version with film audiences. Um, so here's the thing. I, I did get a little nervous hearing Rupert Sanders directing this because he did Snow White and the Hutzman, right? Mm-hmm. Um but the thing is, he does have a great visual eye. He, he does. Um, so visually, if anything else, this movie will look great. And the script is being written by uh, the Oscar nominee, Zach Balin, who did King Richard and, and, and Will Schneider. So that's, that's something to be excited about. Um, I do think this movie, it used to be cursed. Cause it just, it's it had so many different hands on it over the years. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I should, I should see the first one. I've heard good things about the first one. Obviously I'm a, I'm a big advocate of Wilmington. I've, I've said it before on here. I'll say it again. Um, and Bill Skarsgård again, I've got faith in it. Why not? If he attached himself, yeah, means hot right now. If, if... It's like Hansel. He's so hot right now. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a, a a really inspired casting choice. Yeah, I think I think it'll be fun. I, I, I I'll I'll rewatch the cro- the original between now and then, and I'll be ready for it. I'm excited. It uh, I was at the movies this weekend. Did you have you seen that that Taylor Swift putting her concert in the theater? I have seen that. I I've read up on it a little bit. She they're she's crushing records. With yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but I think she's, I think she's coming up on like a hundred million in pre-sales. I feel like in, it's I mean, sold like more crazy anymore or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure like her concert, her tour, her live performances are are changing economies. They're fixing yeah. countries. I mean, like she's, she's, I think she's one of the hottest topics in Congress right now. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I think she's, she's, single, I mean, what she's, what she's doing is very impressive. Yeah, don't uh, doubt T Swizzle, man. 
Uh, like seriously. yeah, I love Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm I'm not like uh, I she's not like someone I daily think about, but obviously I I love her music. I like her songwriting's great, and her what she's done from a business perspective is incredibly impressive. And then from the art perspective, she, it's also phenomenal. I mean, her I know obviously she cares about production value. Every every single person from any from people who've been to five concerts in their life to like influential celebrities that have access to any show they want to go to and, and make art themselves. Every single word I've heard from it has been nothing, but it blew me away. It, it made me a fan within 20 minutes. I loved it. So I imagine, I mean, I imagine it's not going to compare seeing it in theaters. It's not going to compare to live, but I imagine there's going to be some thought put into it and it's going to be a good experience in the theater as well. I think, I think yeah. I mean, she has, the the thing is, is she's a genius what she's done business wise. She owns her music. She re-recorded those songs so she could own her music. It belongs to her yeah. now. Yeah, and that's, that's, what she's done with the awesome. tour. It's incredible. The fact that she was able to throw this movie together in a short amount of time, go over pretty much everyone's head, go straight to the distributor and say, hey, I want this movie out on this date. And now other movies are having to move around her. <laughs> and Jason Plum's putting out tweets like, look what you made me do. Exorcist is moving up a week uh, to give me nightmares, probably. Um, That's funny. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, it's it's great, though. I mean, no one, you know, movie theaters, it's not like they're at an all-time they're not thriving, you know, they're, they're looking for what's next. So it's kind of, I mean, what if she, she single-handedly can fix a state's economy. Maybe she could help with movie theaters too and get a, AMC to the moon again. I think I, it, but it also makes me wonder, I mean, I know we've done other things like the Bieber documentary and the different unorthodox movie theaters. Have you ever rented out a theater? No, although for my dirty 30, that, that thought has slipped my mind. I've never done it either. I would love to do it, whether it's for like a game or I don't even know how to go about it, but whether it's for like a, like a big event or, or a video game I've even seen people do or something like that. Like that'd be so sweet. I've never, never done that. Um, But this just made me think like, what else are they going to do? You know, like this is a success, you know, obviously everyone's talking about Barbenheimer and that like awoken the theater this summer. And it, 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 I mean, we saw, and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, everything about that I was so into. I mean, I I went to the theater a bunch this summer and seeing people dressed in pink, seeing people interact with like the cardboard cutouts in the lobby, it it felt like I was 12 again. It felt like old school movie theater. I loved it. Um, And I know Hollywood's going to, or cinema, big cinema and Hollywood are going to try to replicate that again artificially and it's probably not going to work as well but i don't care i want them nothing like that anything like that has to be organic yeah i agree i agree but still i i don't mind them trying to get people in there because i i loved i don't know i'm just a movie theater fan i just love i love the experience of there's nothing like being in a movie theater with a bunch of people yeah so i mean even if they artificially do something if it i mean it might work it'd be fun to see but this taylor swift thing where do you stand on it? I mean, I could see people saying like, no, movie theaters are for movies, not concerts, but I could see I that mean, being a fun thing. Another community aspect, even like big games, you know, March Madness, Super Bowl, a big college basketball game. I don't know. Just things that like the community can go. It can help the theater, help with the brand, help with the economy, help with the community. And 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wonder if it would work, first of all, and then I wonder if we would like it, second of all. Well, it depends on how successful this is, right? Like, yeah. uh, generally speaking, concert films do not do gangbusters and and at the blockbuster or at the box office they just don't generally speaking but this is taylor swift so who's to say who knows um i do like the idea of going to the theater more because i love the movie theater experience i love going um but again it, it just it depends on how this goes if it is a big success then maybe they'll try to replicate it, but maybe it'll be a big success and it'll prove to be a one-time thing because it's Taylor Swift or this thing will not be as successful as its pre-sales would indicate. So mm-hmm. there's, there's really a, we'll a, a wait and lot see. that could happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, we saw a lot of trailers this week, man. Yeah. A lot of trailers. there's there's been a bunch so let's start off with this first we have the bike rider so bike riders is a 2023 american drama film written and directed by jeff nichols it tells a fictional story inspired by a 1967 photo book of the same name by danny leon and stars an ensemble cast that includes jody comer austin butler tom hardy michael shannon mike faced and norman reedus uh i didn't see norman reedus in there that's funny so like this trailer it looks awesome it looks like good fellows on motorbikes i'm game yeah i well my first thought was did did austin butler fix his voice did he lose the elvis accent <laughs> hey, <Mama>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did tom hardy break his when he <laughs> He sounds like a like somebody from West Side Story. <laughs> and it's also the most I've ever heard him talk in the movie. It does look good. It does look good. <laughs> have you have you seen? Yeah, it, it looks know, really. I, good. I've never, I've never watched Sons of Anarchy. Have you ever seen that? I get. I know. A lot of my no, friends yeah, watch yeah. it and swear by it. They love it. Yeah. It's one of their favorite shows. And people have recommended but... it to me so long. I've never seen it. Um, but it, it gave me the vibes. Norman Reedus is a cool addition. Tom Hardy and Austin Butler are great castings. I think they'll pull it off. It looks good. It, uh, yeah. It, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's not in it. Feels uh, like it should be. Feels yeah, like if Norman yeah. Reedus is in it, his motorcycles, he should be. That's a good um, call. Yeah, he probably should be yeah. in this. But no, I, I think it looks really good. I think it looks really good. Uh, I'm excited. Anything with Tom Hardy, I'll, I'll, I'll watch. Love Tom Hardy. But also... Austin Butler, he's a star on the rise. Yeah, I'd like he's to see more of him. I'm excited about Dune. I'm ex- I mean, Elvis, I liked Elvis a lot. I it's hard. I got kind of defensive on it because I was really on the Brendan Fraser train. So whenever Austin mm-hmm. Butler came up, he was like my enemy in my mind. You know what I mean? Because I, I just I not that he didn't do great. I think he definitely does. He if he had won it, he was a deserving winner. But I just wanted Brendan Fraser to get that win. So like. Austin Butler was just the, the, the opponent at that point. So I, I kind of dismissed his performance, but it was amazing. And Elvis was awesome too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about, fantastic. I'm excited about this. He was my, uh, my dream cast for Superman before David Cornsweet came in and got the role. So yeah. 
Yeah. He'll be good. I I I, I believe in James Gunn. Uh, new Exorcist trailer dropped. Uh, yeah. Listen, dude. I've said this on on the uh, the Instagram feed on the story a lot, joking that like you're gonna have to come see this movie with me. I'm, I'm joking, but I'm also not. Like, you can go back, you can listen on the podcast feed. I did a podcast on the first Exorcist and how that movie like really affected me when I saw that movie way too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the sequels are really cheesy, not as good. But this one has like a, a weird feeling to it, man. This So it comes out in a few weeks and the plot synopsis is when his daughter, Angela, and uh, her friends, Catherine, show signs of demonic possession, it unleashes a chain of events that force single father, Victor uh, Findling, to confront the nadir, uh, nadir of evil. Uh, N-A-D-I-R. Nadir? Nadir? How do you say that? No. No. Uh, terrified and desperate, he seeks out Chris uh, McNeil, Chris McNeil, the only person alive who's witnessed anything like it before. So Chris McNeil is Reagan McNeil's mother from uh, Ellen Burst- Bursting, played her in the original, and she comes back for this. Um, mm-hmm. right. I, I think the movie looks creepy. It looks really, really creepy and really effective, especially like as a father now seeing especially yeah. little girls because I'm a girl dad. It, <laughs> it, it struggle like that. It, it gets me, man. I can't do it. It's really, really hard. Um, and then, of course, dealing with like to me, what is the most terrifying thing, which is demonic possession. It always scares me, always freaks me out. But as a film, the thing that I'm a little worried by, I love David Gordon Green. I think he's a, a, a really good filmmaker. I love Pineapple Express. I'm probably one of the only people alive that, that really likes Your Highness. Uh, but I think he directed Your Highness. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm going to look. I've, Your Highness hasn't been in my brain since the last time I saw the trailer for it. I haven't. I forgot that existed. Yes, he directed Your Highness. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He also directed Stronger, which is also a, a, a really good movie um, as well. That said, he's also the director of 2018's Halloween, its sequel, what? Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. And those movies it's, went it's from the Charleston bad guys, to bad right? to terrible. Yeah. Right. It's the Charleston guys, Danny McBride and, and his buddies making this yeah. movie which who, who, who are talented this. people incredibly talented like i mean the, one of, eastbound and down is fantastic mm-hmm. vice principles is fantastic i mean they're great and i and i realize the the, oh, the and, close and, relationship uh, between uh, comedy and horror righteous gemstones yeah thank you righteous gemstones i uh, yeah i love that show and i love danny mcbride Me too. I love it's this one of the better movie. it's one of the better things running right now yeah um good sir but i i just I don't, which I think it's because I'm not a fan of the Halloween franchise in general. Like, there's not really a Halloween film that I, I, I care for. Mm. But I'm a little worried about it because I didn't like any of those films, despite my appreciation for him and, and admiration for him as, as a filmmaker um, and a writer. Uh, 
so I'm a, I'm a little worried, a little apprehensive because of my I, my feelings toward that franchise and how it ended. Yeah, I think I think I feel exactly the same as you. I mean, but but let me let me break something down pretty early on. I, I think I'm probably gonna have to do this a lot. Um, being new newer to the show just to get my horror movies. It's I think you like them a lot more than I do. I'm not a I fan. Uh, I I'm gonna watch. So here here's it. when I'm gonna you're gonna catch me watching the horror movie. Uh, my wife loves them. So when Jess wants me to watch a horror movie is when I'm going to watch one. The second time is when we want to review a horror movie. I'll watch it. After that, the only time it's happening is if it's like a huge release that like everyone's talking about it and we're going to go to it. That's pretty, you know, just something big, you know, a Jordan Peele movie I'm for sure seeing. And I'm going to like that. That's a little different. You know, that's not so reliant on jump scares and the things that I don't like about horror movies, but, um, so either we're reviewing it, Jess wants to go, or it's a huge release, or it's getting great reviews. So like, for example, last year, I still haven't seen them yet. I'm behind on my list, but like X, Pearl, Fresh, a couple examples of horror movies that got acclaim and, and, and good reviews that I do want to see just because I heard they're great movies. Um, but I wouldn't have seen them had I not heard from other critics and things that, that they were good movies. So I, I, I'm never going to be like super excited. I would probably say my least favorite type of horror movie or like the franchised. I don't know. I, 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 they're just scary, man. They're scary. Sometimes I'll see one that I'll like a lot. Uh, but a lot of times they're a little, they're a little outside the box horror movies. Like I consider the Jordan Peele movies. I mean, maybe you generalize them as horror, but they're not your run of the mill horror, run of the mill horror. No, movies. They're, they're a little different. different. And then even stuff like, the invisible man is that what he's what was it called with with uh with uh the the girl from handmaid's tale i forgot her name um i know who exactly who you're talking about someone in the comment section will definitely get us for it but <laughs> yeah. um, um like that I, was I kind of about, a, but... a little bit different it was more of a thriller suspense i don't know just the the typical graphic uh jump scare type horror movies i'm just not that into now, extras I do have a unique experience with, completely opposite of you. You snuck downstairs to watch it as a youngling, right? I, I was right. five or six. I was six years old. My sister was watching it with her friends. And my oldest sister yeah. was watching it with her friends. And I uh, I hid behind the couch because I wanted to watch it. And I, it scared me so bad, I slept behind the couch and <laughs> didn't move didn't move it, it terrified me and i didn't rewatch it until several years ago or a couple of years ago um because i was doing it for, for a podcast and also like i just wanted to get over that fear of, of finally mm-hmm. uh, watching it again and it is now i consider it to be one of the greatest faith-based movies ever made because of there's one shot in the movie and i want to give it away but you'll see it, it involves someone walking up not the crab walk down the stairs but someone walking up the stairs when they're at their lowest of low it visually it just it's one of those like grr moments it just gets me right right in the feels i absolutely love it so yeah a long-winded way of saying yeah i I really love that movie and you have an exact opposite experience where i'm i'm feeling you you probably don't like this movie at all or you don't i don't dislike the movie i need to watch it again so my my exact opposite experience was i watched it for the first time when i was like 21 
So like okay, the yeah. douchiest age you could watch it. Like I'm 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 a grown man. Um this movie's 50 years old. It's lame. It's not even scary. I watched it at Jackson Parker's house and it was my idea to watch it just cuz it was kind of a uh like a classic like oh we got to watch this. You know, we were looking for a movie to watch at that time. We were always thinking scary. It was like, well, why don't we won't we check off Exorcist? You know, we've never seen that. And then I felt like guilty. I don't know. It, it's always tough. Like that's kind of an age, like a judgmental age and like an impatient age where you're not really ready to watch a 50 year old movie. You know what I mean? And like respect it for what it was when it came out. And you're also not at an age that you're, that you're susceptible to, to being terrified by a 50 year old movie either. You know what I mean? So like, even yeah. when you're 20, you, so so that was a tough first experience for me to have. I did. I wasn't, I wasn't mature enough to rep- respect and appreciate the movie, but I was old enough that it wasn't scary to me anymore. You know what I mean? And it, and it, I, I, it hit like this weird place. It's like for me, me watching I'd like to re-see it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I get it, but look, I'm looking forward to the movie. Um, all jokes aside, I am probably going to see it. Although I am, I'm, I'm low key, like kind of sketchy, sketched about it. <laughs> I don't want to, but I feel like, I feel like I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta get over that fear. Yeah. I don't like having anything, like holding anything on me, you know. So I, I gotta go see it. Uh, yeah. But that's not the only trailer that dropped. I need to move on here to Saltburn. Uh, this is the latest from uh, Emerald uh, Fennel, whose last movie, Promising Young Woman, was freaking terrific. Uh, I thought it was great. And, was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is about a student is invited to an eccentric classmate's estate for an exciting summer. I think it's kind of like Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, um, I guess it is. That's a cool movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. But yeah, that... Yeah, I, I yeah, think I it looks like great. I love the vibe. Um, I dig it. I mean, this looks good to me. I'm a bit pretentious with stuff, though, and I love like Wes Anderson-y type, like oddball type stuff. And I like the symmetry that was uh, shown in the, the in the trailer, you know, like how he does. I, I, I My first reaction was like they're doing their best Wes Anderson impression. But I respect her. I mean, she that, that Promising Young Woman was awesome. This looks good to me. The cast looks awesome, I think. Yeah, it's got Rosamund Pike. I love her from Gone Girl, and I care a lot. I care a lot. And Promising Young Woman came out in similar time periods, and both like strong female lead type. type movie, and I and I um, enjoy. I, I care a lot, a lot a lot too. I care a lot's the one with uh, where, where she, she takes advantage of the yeah, old elderly people. folks. Yeah, I d- yeah I she's she's taking the. I didn't, didn't like the movie. That one. No, but uh, I I I. I I do love Rosamund Pike. Gone Girl's amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah. Do you know Archie Medekwe, who we'll talk I'm about a little more. This. Yeah. Archie Medekwe's in it, who we're going to talk about a little later, and uh, from, from mm-hmm. Grand Turismo and C and a couple other things, and then Jacob Elordi from, from Euphoria. I think the cast is great. It looks exciting. It looks interesting. Um, I don't know yeah, what else I, to say about it. I, I'm ready for it. I, I am too. I am too. I like the title too, Saltburn. I don't really know that. I guess that's the, the estate they're staying in or a town or something. Yeah, but I, I dig I it. The Saltburn estate. It. Yeah. Next one we saw was Thanksgiving. So this one kind of holds a, a special place in my heart, man, because there was a little movie I saw and I just mentioned it earlier in, in the show. Back in 2007, 
and it's probably my favorite theater experience ever called Grindhouse, where they show mm-hmm. Planet Terror and Death Proof back to back. And in between the trailers, that to, to create a more authentic Grindhouse type experience, they had false trailers in between the movies. Oh, that's um, they had like machete play at the opening before you saw um, Planet Terror. And then in between you had like Edgar Wright's Don't. You had Werewolf Women of the SS, which is like Rob Zombie's movie. Then you had Thanksgiving, which is Eli Roth's movie. And 16 years later, they decided to make a movie about it. Uh, Thanksgiving is an upcoming um, American slasher film written by Eli Roth and produced by Roger uh, Bernard Bernabom from a screenplay written by Roth and Jeff uh, Rindell. It is based on Roth's, a Roth's mock trailer from the same name from Grindhouse. I did not know that. That's so cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks brutal. Yeah. Have you seen like the the actual false trailer for it? No, before, the false trailer. Before this one? All right. No. So I'll, I'll send it to you. It's real graphic. Okay. It's real okay. graphic. The one and, from Grindhouse? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real it's real graphic. Um this looks like I'm, the movie's I'm, gonna be brutal though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it just because of the nostalgia I have for Grindhouse. Um the movie. Uh not the not not the form set. I was wait I wasn't even born or probably wasn't even an idea yet when those movies were being shown at Grindhouse mm-hmm. Cinemas, but um of real grindhouse cinemas but um yeah i i'm, I'm looking forward to it I, i'm not sure if the movie will be good or not uh, obviously i haven't seen it but um i, I'm I was i went to the theaters this weekend and i walked by the tr- the poster and laughed i love movie posters i you know it almost it, you know every time i go into a theater it's just kind of sad like certain like you like look down and like, Oh, you're in theater two down to the left or whatever. And you turn the corner and like, you know how they used to have the big, uh, like the signs above each door. So you could see which movie was playing. Yeah. Like they don't even turn those on anymore. It just feels like a, like you're walking to like a Kmart or something. And they're just like empty shelves and shit everywhere. Like there's just like all the oh, combos and regal. It's so are, depressing. Uh, I know it just sucks. Uh, but the movie posters and sometimes I feel like the movie posters, like they don't change them out enough and they're like, they don't have lights around them. So they're just like, they don't care. It's just, it's not the same spectacle it used to be, but I still, when I go, I like to like look at them all. And it also it was, you know, I'm, I'm nostalgic about a time before the internet where like you'd go to the movies and it'd be the first place you got to see like trailers, like trailers that no one had seen before. But now it's like, if you have Instagram and, and you're anything in the movies, you see the trailer 20 seconds hey, after it's they dropped. did that. They I did mean, that last year before with, uh, Avatar Avatar, the way of water, with that drunk. trailer did not drop. It dropped in Dr. Strange multiverse of madness, but oh, it didn't drop yeah, online for like another week. Yeah. Um, but just the, the general like thought, I mean, and maybe, maybe I'm a little jaded because I'm, I'm such a movie guy, but it just feels like, you used to before or after the movie, like walk through and look at all the posters and be like, Oh, that looks good. That looks good. But now it's like, I, I just, I know about all of them before. And maybe that's my fault because I'm, I'm, I'm so like in it with movies, but, but 
so my point is, is I like to walk through and look at the, th- the poster sometimes make me feel nostalgic. And I saw this Thanksgiving poster and I laughed. And then when I watched the trailer, I laughed even harder when I saw Lewis lit from suits um, <laughs> in it, which I, I've, I've only seen a little bit of suits. I know it's exploding right now. I don't know why it's so popular on Netflix right now, but uh, seeing him on there made me laugh at least. It was like TikToker yeah. Edison Ray's in it too. So Elon Roth is, is, is hitting this for me. But if they can nail like the horror comedy of this and make it as ridiculous as it looked like it was going to be 16 years ago, then I think I'm I'm in for a good time. Yeah. Are there any other Thanksgiving movies you can think of? Planes, trains, and automobiles. That's a good answer, and that one seems to get shown at Christmas time, doesn't it? But that is a great. That's a great. I, Did I a podcast on it last year? In my head, I was. I was thinking like Knives Out felt kind of Thanksgiving-y. Like the first one, it feels very... Uh, it's, the, it's the sweater. It feels yeah. very rope sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the sweater. Speaking of Chris in, Evans, the, in the estate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pain Hustlers. Yeah. So perfect this, segue. That is a perfect segue, yeah. Like this, this looks fun. It's straight about David Yates of, of Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. It's after losing her job, a woman who's struggling to raise her daughter takes a job out of desperation. She begins work at a failing pharmaceutical startup, but what she doesn't anticipate is the dangerous racketeering scheme she's suddenly entered. Uh, this looks fun. It has a lot of Wolf of Wall Street energy. What about it? I like it too. I mean, I love Emily Blunt. I think she's great and everything, but mm-hmm. Chris Evans, I love when he plays an asshole. I love when he's not like Johnny B. Johnny B. Good. When he's so not Captain I, America. I loved him in Not Another Team Movie and in Glass or not Glass Onion, the first Knives Out, I just said it. Uh, I think I think he's I think he's he was terrific in, in the Gray Man. I know a lot of people don't really like the Gray Man. I had a lot mm-hmm. of fun with the Gray Man. Um he remind like when he's in that role, he, he he's mm-hmm. terrific. He plays a the perfect tollback. Yeah. And I really like the idea of I don't know, like I'd like to see more salesmen in movies that are. Uh, he plays a salesperson, right? Yeah. Does it, yeah, Seems I'd like love that, to yeah. see like salesmen in movies that are accurately depicted and not like a caricature of like a you know crazy unethical or or slimy or anything like that, and also not some like quick talking, just like kind of an at like a more accurate portrayal and it looks like this might be it and i think it'd be i think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah um no one will save you um bryn finds a solace within the walls of her home where she grew up until she's awakened one night by strange noises from unearthly intruders so this is like a a ufo home invasion kind of movie yeah looks interesting Um, i mean it looks tense it it looks interesting i see caitlin yeah caitlin deaver who who I remember from Last Man Stand. She's in a bunch of little. She's she's a side character in, in several shows and movies. But she was she. I think she became famous from Tim Allen's that second and, show, Last Man Standing. That and then also the movie she did with Olivia Wilde. Um, yeah. God, why am I forgetting the name of that? Uh, um. Uh, she, yeah, it's definitely a tense trailer. I mean, Jess will, Jess will probably want to see it for sure. The only thing I have going for me is Jess, you know, I just mentioned a minute ago about the horror movies and when I'm going to see it. 
Jess actually doesn't love horror. She loves horror movies, but not in theaters. I think it, I think it's just a bit of an intense experience sometimes. Um, so the fact that this is coming on Hulu makes me and her probably feel better. Yeah. I, I think it looks fine. I, th- I think it looks fine. I, I'm, I, I wasn't, you know, blown away by it, by the trailer, but I, th- I think it looks pretty solid. I think it looks solid. Um, and I, I had the name of that movie, but you scared it right out of me. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to, th- I'm going to be thinking about this all, the entire night and it's going to pop up in my head. It's essentially, this is messed up, but it's essentially super bad, but not super bad. Um, <sighs> it's going to kill got, me. Uh... Apple TV Plus is putting out a new sh- Monarch Legacy of the Monsters. Yes, this looks awesome. And it's very interesting that Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell are playing the same character, but from different time periods. I thought they were going to be doing the whole father son thing. That apparently is not the case. Um, and this is set in the same universe as Kong Skull Island, Godzilla 2014. Um Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla King of the Monsters. This is essentially kind of tying everything together and it looks really good. Yeah, you know, Apple TV Plus, they they started off, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know if you subscribe or, or, or know much about them, but they when they started off, I mean, I'm a huge Apple fanboy. I I am the biggest Apple sheep out there. I I'll I'll, I'll buy anything they sell. Um so I was very excited about this coming, like them launching Apple TV plus. And when it started, you know, there was so much con or not that there wasn't much content, but there was a lot to absorb it all. You know, like, I, I mean, they might've dropped four or five shows at once. It's like, well, I can't watch all five shows, but I did watch the morning show and see and see with Jason Momoa and Archie Medeque, who, who we'll talk about. Uh, I liked it. Okay. It filled it a void when game of Thrones ended, but most people hated it. Uh, morning show i've liked a lot i think but yeah a lot a lot of people don't like it i i think it's i think it's pretty good i, I don't mind it at all i like the the commentary i mean maybe it's a little heavy-handed but I, I think it's a pretty good show and i think billy crud up and it's awesome it's not the point but after that i mean there's inarguably great content that's coming out severance is awesome coda the movie is might be my favorite movie ever i mean i mentioned that the first time i came on the show amazing. i mean mm-hmm. they're putting out really good quality stuff uh hijack i watched recently with idris elba we, we like that it was pretty good um but i, I haven't that, seen silo i haven't seen blackbird i haven't seen shrinking i haven't seen the movie tetris all of these i've heard are awesome and i haven't so seen tetris is really so good I've, and so is um uh shrinking shrinking is incredible you need to watch that like with, with jason siegel and harrison ford Yes, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I've heard great things. I mean, Seth Rogen's got a show on there, Platonic. I, I think, I mean, I, I I have faith in Apple TV+. Plus. I think they, they're investing their money in the right places. I think it took a minute for them to find their way. And even when they were doing that, I liked a lot of their content and still do. But sure, I mean, Legacy of the Monsters sounds good. I hope it's, I hope it's the best, the best version of these monsters we've had. It looks like an interesting because I kind of would have expected it to be more of a less monsters, more people talking about the monsters type show. But it looks like I mean, even the trailer, the monsters in there. So it looks like the monsters it are look, going to be a big part of it. It's probably going to have the monsters be a backdrop 
to the characters. Um, honestly, I'm a I liked Godzilla 2014. I like uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters I thought was a lot of fun, but it is really stupid. And then Godzilla uh, Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong, whatever the title is, was not a fan of that. Um, yeah, so, I think they're all about the same. I think they're all like stupid fun movies, kind of like they're they kind of hit that realm of like I mean yeah they're they're a good time and they're fun to watch and stuff, but they're I mean they're not none of them impressed me all that much. I mean I, I it's been a while since I've seen them all. I'm sure I could rank them if I rewatched them and, and yeah. get a little more thought on it. But I, I think I gave one of the first review shows I ever did. I think I gave Godzilla versus Kong. I think I gave it like a C plus or something like that. Cause I really love the fight sequences because the fight sequences are awesome. Everything else in between is, yeah, you know, speaking um, of great fight sequences, how do you like that? Another segue. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, are you watching Ahsoka? <sighs> Am I watching Ahsoka? Listen, are you caught up on you, it? I guess. I don't know if you can tell by. <laughs> yeah. <I can't. laughs> or not. But yeah. I'm, I'm, Definitely watching Ahsoka, dude. What are your thoughts on it before? I like it. I like it. I, um, it, or four episodes in at this point. Um, well, let me ask you this first. I, I, did you watch Clone Wars and Rebels? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I binge watched Clone Wars in 2015, um, oddly enough, with my dad. Um, uh-huh. And we had a lot of fun watching that together. Um, love that show. Uh, Ahsoka became one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Love her. Um, mm-hmm. And the dynamic she has with Anakin is just wonderful. Um, and then Rebels, I was late to the party on. I only saw the Darth Maul stuff in Rebels. And finally, a uh, friend and former guest of the show, uh, Corey Sanzone, finally broke me. And after Rise of Skywalker, I had to fix like kind of like that Star Wars itch that I still had and craved. So I hmm. binge-watched Rebels and was just so mad that I didn't watch it sooner. Because that is also incredible. I know they're animated TV shows, but they, they are wonderful um animation shouldn't be discredited just because it's animation animations are a wonderful art form beautiful art form um and you can capture wonderful stories with it and star wars rebels and clone wars i know this is a long way to answer your question is but they're both wonderful yeah i agree i i, I agree i think animated i think animation's discounted and it shouldn't be um, I think it's awesome. I think those shows are very good. Um, I watched them both during COVID. They were also to scratch a Star Wars itch or to just, I'm such a completionist. I just wanted to fill in the gaps of my canon knowledge. You know, I still haven't played whatever the new Cal Kestis game is. Fallen um, Survivor is what it's called. Yeah. Fallen Order than Survivor. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'd, oh, I'd, I need to play that to fill it in. But I, I liked Clone Wars. I liked Ahsoka. I love the last season of Clone Wars, the like the, the last third of the most recent season. I think that's some of the best Star Wars out there. Um, and then I love Definitely. Rebels. It was a lot yeah. of fun. These characters are great. Um, I like Chopper. Um, and, I, and I'm enjoying this carryover into it. I'm enjoying them getting their, their time and their due in live action. I think it's flushing them out better. 
Um, I think Clone Wars did a lot of work on the prequels a little bit and made that a little more. I mean, it's not going to change the movie, but it 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 added some stakes for me. It made it some thing. It explained some things a little better, and I I really had I, I thought that was valuable. Um, yeah, that's part of the Star Wars magic is they will introduce things and broad strokes, yeah. and then they'll go in and they'll fill in the blanks with stuff, and it just it adds richness to those films that you already might have loved or you might not have liked and it adds to it makes you like it more or, or you know makes you love it more whatever um yeah. that's the magic of star wars yeah and uh, you know so i like the i like the the, the animated series and now I'm, I'm glad that this is continuing I, I like these characters i will say the first and second episode felt a little like god this was just i mean like we're just i mean i guess it's necessary you know because so many people didn't watch clone wars and rebels and they wanted to watch it and they want to watch it but they don't want to be completely lost my cousin for example andrew he's he's a huge star wars fan he's he's right there with me i mean we our whole lives loved it he just doesn't want to watch the animated series which is fine or he hasn't gotten around to it or whatever and like he doesn't know who the i mean he knows who ahsoka is from mandalorian but it's always been kind of a question mark and now he's really having to dive into it and now you add in sabine wren and you add and like all these like so I guess it's necessary, but just from my perspective, it, I mean, it felt like the first and second episode maybe could have been one episode. Maybe it felt like we got to that re that reenactment of that final scene of Rebels, you know, with Sabine and Ahsoka mm-hmm. staring at the mural. Um, and and her. The, I think that's the why they dropped them both at the same time. What was that? I think that's why they both they dropped episode one and two at the same time because yeah. they figure yeah. It just felt to me, it felt like watching the two episodes by the end of episode two, I was a little unfulfilled, unsatisfied by it. Like, I just wish we had gotten more ground covered. Like, I wish all of the content that I got in those two episodes was in one episode. And then I got another episode to, like, further the story a little longer further. But um, since that three started to pick up, got pretty interesting, some great action scenes. And then four is the best yet. Four was tense. I thought, I mean, it's really scratching the lights. I keep saying scratching the itch, but the lightsaber thing, if you, if you missed out on that and and or something like that, it it is in full uh, form here. Yeah. I, I have absolutely loved this show. Um, The first two episodes I thought were, I thought they laid the groundwork perfectly for people who may not have seen rebels or clone wars Mm -hmm. to catch you up on the kind of person ahsoka is what her journey is going to be it seems like she's going from being you know kind of that ahsoka the gray you know kind of being disenchanted with the jedi to kind of going on that loop journey that he went in from the last jedi to the end of that film where he is like no i am a jedi and i will not be the last jedi the jedi need to be in this galaxy we don't need to do this whole like i'm not a jedi but i'm gonna live by the because you see where it can go with balin right with him not being a jedi but he's he's leaning more dark and you can see how if you're not careful it can corrupt you um and that it's all about balance you know ahsoka you know not wanting any attachments because she saw what attachments did to anakin however what it's doing to her and her relationships by essentially cutting off any form of attachment that she could have. It's all about balance, right? You gotta have attachments because it is what saved Anakin Skywalker. I'm I'm going off on my whole star Wars spiel, but like, I love what they're doing. 
I love what they're doing. Episode three was a lot of really cool action, uh, especially with Ahsoka in space. Love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with her astronaut helmet to hold her tendril. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. And then, of course, seeing the uh, last week's episode was terrific. Last week's episode was terrific. There was um, a lot of cool things in that episode. I thought were sweet. I thought the um, the Sabine, uh, like she was going to use the force and like it didn't work, and she she ended up just hitting him with a, a hand rocket or whatever. I was like, that was cool. Yeah. Um, I loved to so the 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 hyperspace ring that they're building, and like they were all going towards it, and and I, I don't forget her name, but the. The, the the woman who's the main antagonist who who Balin and, and Shin are like reporting to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um she's like, just ignore them. And it's like, well, what's gonna happen? Like in my head, I'm like, are they gonna like fly that through them? Like I don't in my head, I'm like making up what's gonna happen. And it was like, yep, that's exactly what happened. And it was awesome. I love how they like that was just such a cool shaped I don't know, it's just the whole concept of it was was really cool. I'm glad they they executed it that way. Yeah, and it, it, I also it, like the, the lightsaber destroying the map too, and he stuck it in, and it just got hot and just broken half. Though that was cool. The world between worlds, man, getting to see Anakin again. Yeah, that was that was yeah that was cool. I'm really interested in where they take that. I am too. We'll we'll see in a week, and we'll get to report back yeah. on it. Um, I'm also worth mentioning. Very sad about Ray Stevenson. I I I think the Balin character is awesome yeah. so far, and I think his portrayal of it. He's like, top he reminds notch. me I think, of Qui-Gon. Kind of, yeah. Or, or, but he's got this like charming, charismatic, like effect to him. You know what I mean? Where he, he mm-hmm. almost like, I like it. I, I, something, I mean, he's, he seems honest. He seems, him and Ahsoka are both, they're closer than they're a, closer you than take they a traditional. Are yeah. Right. Yeah, they're 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 closer together and and both of them are handling that where they are on the spectrum of of light and dark very interestingly and it's and it shockingly it's kind of something we haven't seen that much of from their in in Star Wars and and I think I think they're doing a really good job with it. Yeah. And I I'm uh, but the whole the whole show in general fantastic. I think the samurai inspir- the Kurosawa inspiration is obvious and beautiful. It's shot well. It's got a lot of fun action. We you know getting to see a bunch of lightsabers lightsabers and and then seeing things but what are you seeing anything else have you seen anything in the theater recently or oh yeah oh yeah so i've seen two movies this week or this weekend rather uh, i saw strays and i saw the nun too um strays <laughs> i want to see strays i don't want to see the nun too but i want to see strays <laughs> uh so strain i i was kind of so I'll give my rating Don't spoil here. Them for me. I won't spoil them. I'll give them. I'll give you my my rating for for, for Strays and the Nun too. So for Strays, I give it like a a a, a rent it. Um, maybe it was the fact that I saw it by myself. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I just I was expecting it to be funnier than it was. Don't get me wrong; it had a lot of a lot of really solid chuckles in it but I feel like I would have probably enjoyed the movie had I been in uh, a little bit more if I had, had I been inebriated, inebriated. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. It, or with it, friends. It, yeah. Or with friends. It, it's, it's one of those movies. Um, it's fine. It's fine. But I probably won't watch it again. 
uh, unless I just I want to watch it with Carly because I just want her reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the nun too, um, I think so. With this movie, the, the first nun it is more or less really the worst of the of of the uh, Conjuring movies. It's it's the worst one. It's really boring. It's this dull. one is the nun two or the first one. The first one. It's boring. It's dull. I didn't really think about it much outside of uh, you know one visual or two visual shots from the movie itself, um, which is unfortunate because the nun character, the way that James Wan directed that character, um, that was really done in post production um, through reshoots because they needed the the original creature that they had. They didn't think really suited the film. So they went back and they did this a uh, creepy nun. Um, and it really worked in that movie. So it was really disappointing when you get to the first nun movie for it not to work. And with this one, it's a lot better, but it's still not great. Like it, it takes a long time to get going. And it, it I won't, I won't say it was like, bored but i was kind of like not really that interested for like the first half but once you get to like the second half it's actually pretty fun pretty entertaining there's some head scratchy things that happen where you're like uh uh, okay it gets a little bonkers um especially in the third act but in general uh i thought it was like a a high end, similar to Strays, a high end rented, uh, in the sense that I think this could be like a fun watch on Halloween with your buddies and a bucket full of candy, um, watching a good, good horror film uh, that might struggle with the first half, but once you get to the second, third act, or midway through the second act into the third act, it's 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 pretty enjoyable. Um, it's not very scary though. I will say it's, it's, it's not, not very scary. Um, so yeah, I give it like a high end rent it, a high end rent it for me. I may or may not take your advice. We will see. I don't think but you're going to, I, gonna... I... <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to see. <laughs> um, so I know I, I've seen, we've both seen a couple movies recently that I feel like we can talk about. We can, we can get into a little spoiler discussion about, um, one of them's Blue Beetle, um, and I'll break down mm-hmm. the synopsis that I got online. Blue Beetle, an alien scarab, chooses Jaime Reyes as to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes a superhero known as the Blue Beetle. Um, it's directed by Angel Manuel Soto, starring Zolo Mariduena. Mary Duena, mm-hmm. uh, George Lopez, Susan Sarandon, a bunch of other people. Um, what what did you think of Blue Beetle? I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I gave it a low end go see it. Like I think it's enjoyable enough, and the heart of the film works enough, which is the family dynamic, that it's able mm-hmm. to carry it through. What are a, a little bit more like. Uh, 
been there, done that kind of ground, which I hate saying mm-hmm. because there's, there's only like seven stories that you can tell, really. Sure. But it's sure. all in how you execute them that can either make it transcend that or it stays stagnant. And this one sometimes kind of just, it stays stagnant. You know, it, it's a little, it, it's a little cliche. It fall even down to a lot of the lines that a lot of the characters say, you say it in your head before they say it out loud. Uh, but Sholo uh, Menodwinya um, is. That was much better pronunciation than mine. Thank you. I've been practicing. Um, he's really good. <laughs> no, he, just, he, just listen to our first podcast and get making fun of the way I said Nitiri every time I say her name. <laughs> no, like he is really good. He's he's awesome. Uh I, I, I like him a lot. George Lopez is really funny. Um Susan but everything else just outside of the family dynamic is it's fine. It's fine and kind of forgettable. But it's that family dynamic that makes it transcend. I put out a TikTok about it, um, I think a couple weeks ago when I saw the movie. Um, I, I, I think it's it's fine. It's fine. I give it a, a low end. Go see it. Yeah, I kind of hate that this is the first. I didn't like this movie at all, at all. Like I, I kind of like it was a chore it. to get through it for me. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm always gonna see stuff to fill in the gaps, and not that this fills in any gaps in the DCU or DCEU or anything like that. But which is kind of refreshing to separate itself from things. I can, I can, I can argue that the family dynamics the best part of it. Um, and 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 the Blue Beetle himself was was had a great performance, but. I, it, to me, it was it was one of the most predictable movies I've ever. I mean, you said it yourself, or you could you could say the lines before they say it was so. And I know their movies are predictable, and I and I hate to be too hard on it. And I've listened to a couple other reviews that were a little more favorable than mine that I've tried to like wonder what I'm kind of missing on it. Uh, you know, some people have said like, well, it's kind of aimed for kids. It's corny comedy, and it's like. Is it though? I mean, is it any more aimed at kids than the rest of the superhero movies? I understand like there's some kid like friendly or attractive like stuff in it, but like a lot of the jokes are kind of pretty edgy for it being like, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a kid's movie, but it's not any more a kid's movie than Shazam or than the next one. You know, like it's just, it, it, it just felt unfunny to me. It felt like, but I will say there were good things about it. I mean, there were slivers of great performances like George Lopez actually didn't like him much at all throughout the movie until we got to the heart stuff, the, the emotional stuff. He had some moments of like, Hey, you did. I mean, I like that. You know what I mean? I I actually liked his emotional stuff more than his funny stuff. And, uh, I mean, Susan Sarandon was fine for part of it and then just kind of useless for part of it. It felt, it, it, it just, Everybody had like moments where it was like, "Ooh, am I going to actually like this performance? It's starting to show. And then it would go away again and I wouldn't see it. And then there'd be moments of like, okay, that was funny. That was pretty fu- like, like pretty good bits. And then it would, and it wouldn't come back for a while. And, uh, um, so I, I ended up, I ended up giving the movie a 40 out of a hundred. So um, you would so give us like a low end rent it or, or, or like a, a skip it. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably give it a skip it. I mean, I I it'd be it it's on the low. I mean, I, I typically when I'm rating movies like the first impression will put me somewhere 
and uh and things can change it drastically but a lot of the time i'll almost like ride it's almost like a like a timeline like how long is this good or how long is this bad like if i'm sitting at a 73 and it's like i'm enjoying what's happening nothing major is happening but if i'm enjoying what's happening it's like okay 74 75 like i'm starting to like this i'm like this but it happens the other way too and it went down and down now i will say in its favor i know go me I was deciding hard between a 39 and a 40 for a while between it. And I know that's one point, but that's a big point. It's a different sentiment on whether the movie's a 39 or a 40. Cause it's still going to be a skip it no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I did not love the movie. I did love the suit though. That was cool. I, I, here's the thing. I completely understand why. Like I watch it and I can, I, as I was watching it, I'm going, I understand why someone might really dislike this movie. I get it. But I, while I was watching it, I was entertained by it and I enjoyed it enough to where I didn't leave the theater going, man, I really wish I just would have spent some time with my daughter at home. I, I, this, this was, this was fine. It was good. It was good. Um, but I, probably won't revisit it and to be honest with you i do not think it's going to carry over in the the dc you i know james gunn has said you know like oh it's the first character but it's not the first movie and he always mentions the character's name so the character will continue but that actor this movie probably won't he's just using a lot of wordplay to try to get people to go see these movies just like he is with Aquaman two, which is going to come out and probably not do too well. And yeah. Yeah. That's it, it's, it's, it's a, legacy hits because it I not do only too. God, it, I do too. That is a, that is a, a very, um, it's a very fitting title because not only is it, you know, the legacy of Superman, it's also going to be the legacy of James Gunn. You are bait. It's a big, it's a big deal. Everything on this, it better work. And I mean, I, I have faith in, in Mr. Gunn though. I do too. I do too. But it, it is a lot of weight um, on his shoulders. But, but overall I just, I just didn't love it. I mean, I thought, I thought it was a little lazy and predictable. And then it also shifted tones a lot. Like, I mean, obviously a lot of the movie was very silly, very corny and, 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 and it, they were, it was seemed intentional, but it was, very silly and then it would go to like devastating the next second like like it was the shit tonal shift of like one moment we're just silly like fart jokes and the next moment his dad has a heart attack and dies in his yard while his house is being burned down and then he gets kid it's like jesus dude like i mean it's the most the only people who can do that that well is banshees of inishirin that that's the only people who can go from that silly to that devastating in one moment that's that director's stick he does that Uh, but Moving on to something I I, I I liked a little more, Kids Me For You, but Gran Turismo. We both saw that recently, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a synopsis for that here. Based on the unbelievable, inspiring, true story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working-class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive who risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. Um, I like this movie. I, 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 I It felt like a pretty stock sports movie with a little some good heart some great intense action and scenes and uh and and i walked out of it feeling inspired and feeling good what 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 did did you think about it 
I really like this movie. Look, yeah. just like I said for Blue Beetle, there's only a you know seven kind of stories that you can tell. It's all about the execution. And this is a script that is very paint-by-numbers. However, because of the exceptional directing from Neil Bloomkamp, who, well, I know you could say whatever you want about Chat Chappie, and I think he did this other movie called Demonic, I, I, I want to say. Neil um, Bloomkamp? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I've literally only heard of one thing he's ever done, ever. And that's District 9, and I haven't seen it. So I, I am, like, not familiar with his work at all. Okay, District 9 is terrific. You need to watch District 9 and The Crow right now. But uh, District 9 is terrific, and I also really like Elysium. Um, he's a an exceptional director, and I'm glad he was able to kind of come back out and, and, and have a, a, a W under his belt. Uh, with Gran Turismo, I thought this movie was exceptionally well directed. It's elevated because of that direction and also because of the performances in this movie. Orlando Bloom is great in this. Freaking David Harbour is wonderful in this. I love him in this. He has no business yeah. being as good as he is in this. And he is. He's so good. And then freaking uh, Jaiman Hansu. Dude, that scene at the end. I don't, is, are we doing spoilers here for this? Yeah, 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 yeah go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Can, can well, we put a timestamp at the bottom? Can we do that in the description so we can skip ahead? Yeah, yeah. So we we'll, give people, we'll give people warnings. We'll I mean, obviously, spoilers. we didn't do it for the last movie. Sorry, we barely did any spoilers on Blue Beetle, but yeah, we'll, 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 do, we'll put the timestamp to skip over this if you need it. Yeah, we'll do spoilers for Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo as well. But when, he, when his father goes in there in the trailer at the end and has that one-on-one with him, dude, hit me right in the feels great it, it hit me the better it, scenes of the movie, i agree and then also it's a cheap pop for me i'm a big music guy and at the end of this movie they play the song god moving upon the face of the waters or i think it's called that by by uh uh, uh moby uh, it plays at the end of heat and they played it at the end of this, and it works. It works. I I I had a lot of fun with this. The 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 racing sequences are terrific. Uh, they 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 are really intense, really exceptionally well directed. Um, yeah, it's by Moby. It's God moving over the face of the water. Is is the name of the song, uh, and they play it at the end of this, and it's yeah, it's it's terrific. Uh, I I would give this a uh, a very you know what nah I'm gonna give it a must see I give it a, like a must see I, I I had a lot of fun with it I I I did it's a little you know what nah I'm gonna go back down I'm gonna go to a very very high go see it it's a little cliche in parts where you can almost guess the story beats so I'll knock it down on that end. But everything else, I, I I I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a I mean I, I described it as like a stock sports movie, but it, it does it. I mean because it, it does have a few beats that are like I guess predictable, but it but it it it's executed very well. I mean it it, yeah. it, it uh I think I agree. David Harbour, who I I've liked in most of his roles. I mean he's obviously most known for Stranger Things, and and he was in Black Widow. He's in MCU as as the who is he? He's like the captain, the captain. Is he the captain America's, uh, 
Red Guardian. Opposite. Uh-oh. It's, it's Red, Red Guardian. Oh, the, random. It's book smart. That's the Olivia Wilde movie. Uh, okay. I know told you. Yeah, it was yeah. going to pop into my head randomly. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So I love David Harbour in most things, but he was he was fantastic in this. He's um, really good. Archie Manekwe. I, 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 I'm not even like a big... We've talked about him a lot because he was in the um, the trailer earlier that we talked about, the Saltburn trailer that we were interested in, but he was also... Um, and he's also an Apple TV Plus show called C. I, didn't, I mean, he was fine in C, but he didn't stand out to me. In this, there was a couple scenes, like when he finds out about the spectator dying and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I thought he, he really performed that very well. Orlando Bloom, I haven't seen him. You know, he's he's been in a zillion dollars worth of movies, and I haven't seen him in a while, but he's in an all-time sleazeball role. I mean, he's just a douche in this movie. I hate him the whole time. I mean, he, every time he, he he's trying to you know, get Archie or Jan. Is it Jan or John? Jan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim and awesome the scene. You mentioned took it away from me. Also, Jan's mom, um, played by one only ginger spice. Oh dude. When she sees him getting the wreck and she has that reaction. I know. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I also love the the video game integration, and honestly, it left me leaving like wanting a little more. I, I I could see them have easily could have overdone that, like the cops avoided and the the graphics on the screen and stuff, and and integrating the game into reality. I could see them overdoing that. I don't think they overdid it at all. I kind of wish they had done it more. I, I really like that part. It was cool to me. Um, yeah, some of uh, I, I don't the, I don't know much about the sport or the video game though. Do you? Do you? I don't play the game. No, or, or, I, or I, 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 I I never played the video game, and I don't yeah. I don't. Really I probably played it. it in PS2 days, but I I don't. Listen, what I do know is that some of the the coaching tactics that he employed in this reminded me a lot of your coaching tactics. So I was, <laughs> I was really appreciative of that. The David Harbor, yeah. <laughs> it's risk control, life? Ben. Do you do you know what a wrist is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I I thought he he stole the movie. It's really good. It's really good. Like I said, I give it a, a high end. Go see it. Knock it down a little bit for being uh, a little cliched in parts, but it, it hits emotionally and it also hits. Um, it it, it hits uh on the entertainment value as, as well especially for those racist sequences they're 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 very well done yeah um, i agree i gotta just go see it as well 74 out of 100 is where i put it but speak, speaking of uh things we love i figure you know since we're diving we're starting this new weekly podcast and our whole new show the ben and walker movie show in september i feel like we could do a little catch-up for ourselves, for the listeners, for everybody talk about what we've, what we haven't had a chance to talk about or review and maybe spit out our top five favorite movies of the year so far. And maybe in, in the next couple of weeks, we can do a couple other things, just kind of, kind of doing a little catch up for everybody. So we're all on the same page to round out the last Q3, Q4. Um, so sound good to you? That sounds good to me, man. Cool. So I think we'll do, we'll do top five movies. We'll start with five alternate, go up five, four, three, two, one. You think? Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? It doesn't matter to me. You know what? 
You want? Yeah, yeah. You know what? You go ahead first. You go first. You go first. Right. I want to. I want to hear what's number, number five. five. <laughs> I got a John Wick chapter four. Nice. That nice. was a ninety out of a hundred on here. I I I think John Wick series is so awesome. And and as much as I love the John Wick movie, I really loved the rewatch on the weekend leading up to going to see it. My cousin and I spent like the weekend hanging out watching one, two, and three, and just loving it. We were like, let's go see four tonight. And uh, it delivered, man. I mean, how many franchises can say that one through four? I mean, I, I bet if you ask a hundred people, you'll get all kinds of answers on which one's the best one out of the four. Um, that 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 franchise is is redefining. I mean, they've got a competitor that might come up as well, but but they're one of the main players in the action genre that that is showing it how it's done and setting the bar at a high high level. So my number five is John Wick Chapter Four. Nice. What do you got for number, number five? Air. Air. Okay. Air. So this was this was a really tough race for me at number five, um, but I ended up going with Air because I think it is exceptionally directed, um, and they take what is like ten minutes worth of that awesome Last Dance documentary and make it into a wonderful and kind of thrilling uh hour and 45 minute movie that is very tight and also you know a way to sell nike but it's it it, it's a terrific sports movie that reminded me a lot of like what a modern day version of jerry Maguire would be directed by one of our best Hmm. directors ben affleck so i i I really enjoyed air quite a lot Great performance by Vola Davis, as always. Oh. And about five other people. The movie's, the movie's yeah. awesome. full of good performances. Yeah. Uh, number four, I am going to put Barbie. Um, I loved Barbie. <laughs> You're giving me I, first the right amount of energy for this. <laughs> I, uh, I, as long as it's enough. I, 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 I <laughs> was hype about Barbenheimer. I was excited. I... I just loving the the cultural impact it had i definitely wanted to see them both on the same day too so i mm-hmm. i tried to make a point to do the double feature um enjoyed it a lot saw it by myself my wife wanted to see it with some friends a week later um so i went by myself and saw it which was a little awkward at first walked in sat in the front row next to the handicap area where you'd like the, the empty slot that you'd back the wheelchair into yeah. and this woman daughter and mother got sold the they were not in wheelchairs and they got sold those tickets and they just walked in and they like, couldn't figure out what to do. And they came up to the guy sitting in the middle area and was like, Hey, is this? And she was like, no, this is six and seven. And then it came to me. I was like, no, this is 10. They're like, well, where's eight, and nine. It's like, it's, it's this, it's the floor right here. And it's like, why'd they sell? I don't know. It just reminded me of it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Barbie. I loved it. I thought, I thought the message was great. I think a lot of people, it might get some hate from, from different people and it might, a lot of people might think it's cliche or they might think uh, whatever. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was well-performed. I thought it was beautifully shown. I thought the message was not too on the nose. I thought it was well said and, and it, and it affected me. I think it, I, I hope it affected other people. I hope it opened some eyes and enlightened some people. And maybe, maybe it didn't, maybe I'm too late to the game, but it, I thought the, the message was delivered in a way that was effective to me. And, 
and I didn't think it was cheesy or or overdone or any of that. I, I thought the movie was great. I have it 92 out of 100. I do think I, I maybe was a little overly excited just because I walked out laughing and crying and everything like that. And I think I was a little, like we mentioned earlier, that you come out of a theater really, really hype about something. So it might have dropped a couple points on me since then, but it's it's I got it at 92 out of 100, number four for me. Number four favorite movie on the year. So I got a confession to make, Walker. When I saw this movie, I initially like gave it a a very very high rent it because I thought that once you get past like the initial forty five minutes, it's very messy. And while I, I I do think that, and I think the Will Ferrell character is essentially useless, um, I've 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 thought about it more. I've I've edged up my my grade on it to a go see it. Like I just this is the most interesting movie of the year for me. It's the most fun movie to talk about. It is freaking hilarious. I think Greta Gerwig is like I I love her. She is so awesome. She's here to stay. She is Little Women, um, uh, Lady Bird in this. Oh, one two three. And she's so one and hearing her speak about her movies, the how infectiously like enthusiastic she is about what she does and the people she works with. How can you not like her? She's she's awesome. And the way that she directed this movie, this movie could have been so generic and instead it's not. And instead, it's a very smart and very well crafted movie that I think do think is still imperfect, but is a, a really, really good movie. Um, the more I think about it, I, I, I'm allowed to walk by back my takes, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I, 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 sure. I, 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 I think, opinion, <laughs> uh, love it when jokes come around. Um, it's enough for me, man, but I, I, I really, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed Barbie. Um, but my number four is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Um, this movie was so freaking rad. It, it's just balls to the wall, nonstop, almost three hours, feels like an hour and a half. It just flies by. Tom Cruise, man. Tom Cruise. He never disappoints. That action sequence at the end, the driving sequence is freaking awesome like it's yeah i i just this movie is is great it was great dude it's great it was it was great and it was full of a bunch of great movies it's been an awesome summer for movies it's been exciting so in my number three oppenheimer um 93 out of 100 i think it was beautiful i saw it twice so the first time i saw it it was part of the double feature with barbie i don't think i gave it a fair shake it's tough double features are tough i love movies but you know especially with you know at that at the end of Oppenheimer, i'd been in the movies for five and a half hours you know like it it had been a long time um it's a big tonal shift it's hard to sit still that long I, i will be honest i went with my i went with someone who didn't enjoy it very much and uh and and I could tell they weren't enjoying it and they were a little bored during it. So that didn't, uh, it, it made it, it made me feel a little like, oh, I hate that they're hating it. Like I, I felt bad that I would like drug them to a boring movie for them that I, and I, I probably should have known better that they weren't going to like it. Um, 
but I watched it again, tried to give it a fair shake, really dive into the dialogue, have fresh eyes for it. And I mean, it's that last, that last, that third act is so intense. The bomb's beautiful. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's really well, well done. I mean, Nolan, I don't know where it sits on my Nolan movies. He's so good. I mean, I got to rewatch him to make the decision. Um, But I, I, Oppenheimer's my number third, my three third favorite movie of the year at 93 out of a hundred. Um, Obviously, it was one of the biggest events of the year. Um, excited to see it again. Just sad it's going to have to be on my little TV screen at home. <laughs> the way Nolan intended on an iPhone. <laughs> um. Hey, that's where he watches Talladega Nights. Um, <laughs> and, and Fast and Furious took you adrift, two of his uh, favorite movies. Um, <laughs> John Wick Chapter 4 is one number three. Yeah. This is one of the greatest action movies ever made. I, I I genuinely think that like it is it is absolutely spectacular those action sequences the way that they are shot the way that they are captured it doesn't do shaky cam everything is steady everything's in your face so you clear. see everything it's so intense they put so much work and effort into these beautifully choreographed fight sequences it is it's art like this is like an art film but it's it's just it's so great it's so great i saw it with a packed out theater and it it was going crazy it was going crazy people were throwing out lines left and right you know drop it it was it it was a lot of fun It, it was a lot of fun my theater experience but the movie itself is is terrific um yeah this is the great closing chapter if it does indeed end up being the last chapter for oh, that's a big mess work. too on where they're going with that who knows they yeah i know they're doing the tv show is it is it peacock the continental yeah on Pe- peacock it's a three um, three part event that's what they're yeah. calling it the number two for walker creed three i love creed three i thought creed three was shot beautifully i loved it i mean obviously this is a touchy subject it's undeniable. Jonathan Majors is, is phenomenal in it. I mean, his performance is one of the great, I mean, I really was impressed by it. It, it was, it was it's from a beginning to end. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan was a great performance in his job behind the camera on both sides of the camera. Really great job. I thought the fight scenes were shot beautifully. I, and, and I might be being a little liberal between the 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 best movie of the year and my favorite movie of the year. I just had a blast watching this movie. Every fight scene, everything from Majors and, and Michael B. Jordan. I, I, I just thought, I love the whole trilogy of Creed, uh, but this one was my favorite and I, and I enjoyed it a lot. I was excited that I ended up with it as number two. Honestly, I was, I was, ho- I was hoping it wouldn't be overly cookie cutter of a list and I'm glad that Creed 3 ended up such high markings. Uh, good pick. I re- I really enjoyed Creed Creed three as well. Um, number two for me is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. Um, I think this caps off what is the best trilogy in the MCU. Uh, Guardians one is still I think the single best Marvel film. Guardians Volume two is 
a movie that I really enjoyed the first time I watched it, but over the years has become one of my favorite MCU movies in that discussion with the first one. And this Guardians 3 really takes the cake. It is an emotional send-off to all these characters and ends in a way that it's not only satisfying from a entertainment perspective, but if you've invested yourself in these characters, it is also a satisfying conclusion where they end up um, and how everything wraps up. Um, it's in particular for my favorite character in the MCU, not in terms of Marvel comics, but my favorite character in the MCU, uh, Peter Quill, Star Lord where his character wraps up from start to finish. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I, I absolutely love the story. It is heart wrenching stuff that they do with rocket. And yeah, it really is. And I, honestly, Jess and I saw it and we, we, we were you, several people were like, Oh, get ready to cry. It's like, dude, what happens in this movie? Everybody was like, get ready to cry. So like, so when I saw it, my expectations were, I mean, for no doubt, Rocket's dying. I mean that that's goes without saying. But uh, I, it was it was going to be devastating whatever happened. And like, obviously, the movie still is emotional and hard. But the whole time, I'm just waiting for their shoe drop. I'm just waiting for for Rocket to die. <laughs> it's like, and it never happen. comes. And it was that's, like, wait, it's so genius. It, it, I'm not, I, I hate to take anything away from it. It was just kind of my like how I was like set up and how what my expectations were going in kind of messed me up on it but i agree emotional gut punch beautifully done wonderful movie yeah yeah can you guess my number one it's mission impossible across the spider into the spider verse across the spider -verse? Oh. yeah i think uh, across the spider verse i i I think so highly of this movie. And I, we talked earlier about animation and the respect it deserves. And I, and I do think, I think animation is valuable and I think it, it allows you to tell this story that you can't tell in live action. And, mm -hmm. and, and I don't necessarily just mean this movie. I mean, most animation, I mean, family guy, there's jokes in family guy that, that can't work land. in live action. Yeah. They're so funny because you can do it in animation. Like you can just, you can take things to the extreme that aren't, that maybe in real life or even in like action movies that if they were done with live action, they, you know, it would look wonky or it would look like bad CGI or it wouldn't be realistic. It doesn't have to be realistic in animation. You can make it look exactly like the rest of the movie and it flows so perfectly. But this particular animated movie, I, when I'm what I'm like grinning ear to ear watching it. I mean, the work that went into this movie, the talent, it's just dripping off the screen. I mean, they, everyone involved in this movie worked their asses off. I think maybe to a fault. I think there might be some issues with that, but it, it also, you can just tell this movie has so much talent and, and, and it's got so much to offer and it, it explores storytelling and animation in like a way it's just not been done other than the first. I mean, I, I know there's a couple other animated movies recently that have been also very cool and interesting in their own way, but, but the spider, I, I, I think it's awesome. I got a 95 out of hundred. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. And, and, and when I, I was giving animation a bunch of praise a, a second ago, and I do believe that, but I'm not like an animated guy. Like I'm not, I don't like anime. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'll see the big stuff, but like, I'm not like overly like into animation. I just do respect it and find the value in it. So for it to be my number one movie on the year though, 
so far as uh, I think it says something. I mean, it's it's that impressive. It's a great half movie, man. <laughs> it's a great half movie. No, I I I do. That is generally like my my biggest issue with the movie, but it it it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, I gave it a must see for a reason. Um, it's probably my number eight favorite movie of the year. Uh, but I, I I love it as well. I understand why so many people do. Um, I definitely I like it better than the first one, which I think is still one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen. Even though I, it's odd because I like that movie so much, but people talk about it like it's the second coming of Jesus Christ, and I just don't view it that high. Um, but I, I, I still really enjoy it. This one is even better. It improves upon the first one on every level. Uh, what they do with the character of Gwen Stacy is, is phenomenal. The question that they pose in this movie that they unfortunately don't really answer is still really intriguing. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the sequel. Um, it's a great movie. Great movie. Can you guess what my number one is? Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that movie's a mess. Well, I was sitting here looking. I was looking at my list, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "This really? We really didn't have any that were the same, except John Wick, and they were in different spots." I was like, "That's. I mean, that's cool. I love that we didn't have any." I was like, "That's impressive." But uh, I was like, "No, I bet Oppenheimer." Oppenheimer is a genius movie. I, I think it is a genius movie made by a genius filmmaker. That tells a story that on paper shouldn't be as interesting as it is because of the questions that he asks in the movie and the things that he does with the film itself in terms of the performances, um, the way the, that he tells the story. This is really his, this is his masterpiece. And I, I'm going to have to really sit and think about, you know, for the next coming months, I'm going to have to obviously see it again. Um, where this lands on my Christopher Nolan rankings, because you know Inception and the Dark Knight are movies that I I absolutely love and I think of incredibly fondly. Um, I I think they are both terrific movies. Um, and this, I left the theater stunned because of the just the ending scene of this movie. It left me floored. I haven't left a movie quite like that ever. And I always hesitate to say, oh, this is the best movie ever, you know, especially if it's so recent. I like to sit with it for a while. Mm -hmm. Not saying it's the best movie ever, um, but it might be Christopher Nolan's best movie ever, which, of course, would put it in my my top 10. So I'm really going to have to really sit and think about it and really ponder it a little bit more but this movie it is a brilliant movie that left me floored um i would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't win which granted there's still a lot more of movies that are supposed to come out this year but i would be shocked Mm -hmm. if he doesn't walk away with best director absolutely shocked um or shit even best picture so excuse me yeah I'm, i'm uh I, I need to rewatch some Nolan stuff too. I mean, I, I've been in my head, <coughs> excuse me, thinking about watching Interstellar and uh, even Memento recently. I haven't seen either of them in so long, <coughs> but I'm uh, 
I, I'd like to re redo my rankings and it, it's tough to compare because this one's so different than the other ones too. Yeah. I mean, it's it, epic and things, but it's, it's just, it's a different, and I think that might be the only thing going against it is people's expectations going into it. We're, we're blind just thinking like Nolan bomb. This is going to be a certain type of movie and it's not that movie. Um, it's a, it's its own beautiful work of art itself, but it's not what I think some people may have expect from Nolan. Like, it, you know, not necessarily, I don't mean that in quality. I just mean that in, in, in material, uh, but also man. So, I mean, just to recap here, we'll go through our, our top five here. You had number one, Oppenheimer, number two, guardians of the galaxy three, number three, John wick chapter four, Number four, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. And then rounding out number five with Air. I had number one, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number two is Creed 3. Number three is Oppenheimer. Number four, Barbie. And number five, John Wick Chapter 4. Some awesome movies. It's been, it's been a good year. We've got a lot left. We're going to talk about some stuff coming up soon. But um, we really are. Listen, really great stuff. I almost had a hot take and had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem as my number five yeah so i i, I thought you I, might i so i i put a couple honorable mentions and like, turtles was on there mission impossible was on there guardians for me was on there cocaine bear i like that i mean it that's probably might make top 10 at this point i had fun with it um but yeah that's 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 2023 so far for us but i think that uh, i think that just about covers it for the week what do you think yeah, I don't have any, anything else to talk about, man. Well, that was that was great. We really thank you all, all the listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for clicking. Um, this is a work in progress. This is our first episode. I think it was successful. I'm sure we'll we'll start to figure out a way to maybe get the time down a little bit. We went ran a little long here, but I, I we're having fun talking. Hopefully, you're having fun listening. Um, thank you for going on the ride with us. Like I said. Like we said last week, we are going to begin doing a weekly episode where we have a little more conversational stuff like this, talk movie news, talk trailers, maybe what have we seen that week. If there's a big show going on like Ahsoka, we may um, run through the latest episode and what we thought of it. Um, And we may play some games, some rankings, some drafts, things like that. We're going to try to bring a lot of that over to our Instagram account as well and and TikTok and all, you know, threads, all of them. Um, So please join along, subscribe to us like comment engage with us please give us feedback let us know what you're liking what you're not liking what do you disagree with how wrong has been i mean there's all kinds of stuff you can say uh but we do we appreciate the community that we're going to build and we want to grow it ben's been awesome for the last few years building this base of listeners and this core show that he's got and and i'm hoping i can come on and bring another creative angle that we can really grow this thing together um but for now it was awesome. Very exciting. Thank you for joining me, Ben. Uh, can't wait to talk to you all next week. So long for now. Peace.